slide on there. We're actually going to start the message with a video this morning, so let's watch that. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. she was talking about. The story of Jesus' birth is good news, right? It's joy to the world. Amen. Well, this is the first Sunday in Advent, which is the four weeks leading up to Christmas Day, and we're beginning an Advent series focused on that joy, the joy that Jesus brought as he, when he came to live among us. And the Christmas season is a time of joy and excitement, right, for, especially for the children. It's also time for decorating and stringing lights and baking cooking, cookies and shopping for presents and singing Christmas carols, and we fa-la-la-la-la our way through uh, uh, December. And it's easy to miss the true joy of the story of Jesus' birth in the midst of all the busyness that is a part of our modern-day Christmas celebrations. And I always enjoy the services during uh, Christmas because it gives us an opportunity, even if it's just for an hour, 
to be still and to listen to the story that is the reason for the season, right? Uh, today we're going to be looking at that story told in Luke chapter 2, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. But Luke gives us um, the details around Jesus' birth that we don't find in the other Gospels. And he takes us right to Bethlehem, and he paints this picture of how that night unfolded. And in chapter 2, it begins with Caesar Augustus issuing this decree that a census is going to be taken of all the Roman world. And um, this census is different than anything that we're familiar with, where, you know, in our day, the census worker comes to your home or they send you this form that you're going to fill out in the comfort of your home. In Jesus' day, um, when Caesar called for this census, it required that everyone go to their uh, home of their family's origin and be registered there. So I was thinking about that. I wonder if we had to make that trip uh, before Christmas, who would have to travel the farthest? So is there anybody here that was born out of state? All right, how about out of the country? Nobody out of the country. Okay, Who's got, who thinks their state is the furthest away? Where were you born, Chris? Florida. Florida. Anybody further away than Florida? Texas. Texas? Gee, I think, huh? I think Texas wins, but I'm not sure. Who? Texas always. <laughs> huh. It's bigger, so it's got to be further. It's got to be longer. It's got to be higher. It's everything everything more okay so it's more further than anything okay all right so so anyway uh linda wins there but um (laughs) all right okay well joseph's family uh, his roots were in bethlehem south of jerusalem but he and mary were living in nazareth in galilee and that meant that mary and joseph um had to make this long trip to uh, Bethlehem and you know Mary's pregnant and by I, I, did, I did the Google map thing it said it takes 35 hours to walk there that would be today with you know good roads and such so probably eight days uh, if you were pregnant maybe longer right you don't go as far in one day but they had to make this uh, astounding trip together And they made the long trip to Bethlehem, and and that's why we're going to pick up the story this morning. We're in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them, no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, Keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You know, there are many, many stories in the world, and none of them top the story of Jesus. It's good news. It's cause for great joy. And today, as we uh, think about and talk about the joy that came down at Christmas, we're going to focus on that verse 10 of chapter 2. And it's our memory verse for this week. So let's go ahead and read that together. Luke 10 to, uh, 2.10, excuse me. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Luke 2.10. Jesus' birth uh, with this announcement by a heavenly host. And, and though the appearance of these angels was frightening, the message was not. They came to announce the birth of a Savior, the birth that was going to bring be good news for all people. And this morning, before we come to the communion table, where we re- are reminded of what it cost Jesus to come and take on flesh, I want to look at three ways that we can experience true joy during the Christmas season, regardless of our circumstances. So in your message notes there, the first uh, thing that we can do is find our contentment and joy in Jesus Christ, the source of joy. Uh, Sometimes we don't feel feel joyful at Christmas because of life circumstances, and we can get caught up in worrying about uh, what gifts we're going to buy and how we're going to pay off the credit card after Christmas or how we're going to get enough overtime hours in now so we can pay cash for all of these gifts. Uh, others are facing Christmas uh, this year without a loved one. Either someone has passed away or someone you love is going to be out of town and they're not going to be home for Christmas. Uh, sometimes we want to be joyful, but our hearts are just heavy. And the focus of today's message is that the good news of great joy for all people is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And we have reason for joy at all times because of Jesus. He's the good news that's the cause of great joy. And Luke 2.11 goes on to say, For unto us this day is born in the city of David a Savior, who is Jesus Christ. And if we will shift our focus from our circumstances to Jesus, we can experience joy in the midst of difficulties. Circumstances change. Jesus Christ never does. He stays the same forever. And we increase our joy by taking time during the holiday to abide in him and to remember him and, and to rest in him. In John fifteen nine through 11, Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father loved me. Remain in me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this, so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And we can have overflowing joy when we find our contentment in Jesus, not in what's under the tree, um, but in Jesus Christ. His love never fails us. Um, He is our hope. I remember the year that my mother passed away. She passed away December 20th, and her funeral was on Christmas Eve day. So I went to her funeral in the morning and then had to go and preach the Christmas Eve service at Comstock, where I was serving at that time. And that was a hard day. (laughs) 
And yet, what a comfort it was on the day when I had watched them lower my mother's casket into the cold ground to come then into the warmth of a candlelight Christmas Eve service and hear those words, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And, you know, it's for all people, all people, grieving people, especially grieving people. For unto us is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6 says, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Because Jesus Christ came and took on flesh and dwelled among us, we have hope. So we can find joy, not in the presence under the tree or in other people, but in Jesus Christ, who rescues us from all of our troubles and changes bad news into good news. Then the second way to experience true joy during the Christmas season is to bring joy to others. Bring joy to others. Often in life, um, when something's good news for one person, it's not good news for others, right? If somebody gets a promotion at work, there are other people who wanted it but didn't get it. Um, when some one group of people gets more power, other, another group loses power. When the rich get rich, the poor get poorer, that kind of thing. When the confirmation class gets to stay up till 1.30 or 2.30, <laughs> the pastor doesn't get eight hours sleep, okay? So there's a shortage of win-win situations in life. And the angel's announcement was that Jesus' birth was good news of great joy for all people. Yet it didn't seem to be good news of great joy for all people. Uh, when the wise men came seeking this baby who'd been born king of the Jews, the current king of the Jews, King Herod, uh, was not full of great joy. <laughs> in fact, he was full of great jealousy. And he sent a battalion of men to kill all the babies in Bethlehem who were under two years of age, causing great sorrow instead of great joy. Jesus' birth is good news of great joy, but not everyone in this broken world is experiencing joy. Some don't yet know the joy of having life in Jesus Christ. Um, others know Jesus but are going through hard times because life deals hard blows, and so they're lacking joy this season. And one of the ways that we can experience true joy is to bring joy to others. Uh, there are many ways that we're already doing that as a church. We, uh, Rebecca was telling me that we sent out 52 uh, shoe boxes, and I just want to invite you to imagine those kids getting those boxes and opening them up and being filled with joy, not just because of the presence, but because they're going to hear the story about Jesus Christ and find real and true joy. Uh, we're also doing the dinners and giving gifts to seven families. Um, there are people all around us that have physical needs. There are people who are hurting because of losses and people who don't yet know Jesus, and we can bring joy into their lives. On the back of your connection card, I've put a couple of ways um, to encourage you to do that this week. One is to um, watch for ways that God invites you to bring joy to others during the Christmas season. The second opportunity is to invite someone to one or more of the programs that we have here at the church. We've got the um, children's program next week. 
Then we have the cantata on Christmas Eve day. There's a Christmas Eve service at Bellevue. By inviting them, you don't know uh, whose life you might touch, how that might uh, help them to get connected to Jesus Christ and the joy that he brings into our lives. All right, and then the third way uh, that we can experience true joy is to fix your eyes on what is eternal, not as temp- not what is temporary. Well, we all know that what is temporary, uh, what it, true joy is found is what in, in is what is eternal, not what's temporary. Unfortunately, um, what's temporary is right in front of us, right? It it is always trying to get our attention. And to find joy in the midst of the busy Christmas season, um, to be joyful even when things are not going well, we need to shift our attention from our current circumstances to things that are eternal, to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is our example in this. In Hebrews 12:2, it says, Let us fix, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he's now seated at the right side of God's throne. Jesus endured the cross by focusing on the joy that was ahead of him. And that joy was not only joy for him, but joy for us as well. On the night before his crucifixion, he was speaking to his disciples one last time. And he knew what laid ahead of them, so he told them what to expect. And he said, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be suddenly turned to wonderful joy. And I think that's something to stop and think about here. Um, How many times in your life have you been sad about something or grieving about something or worried about something and then God turned it around in the instant and 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 he can do that in our lives when we put our hope in him and shift our focus to him he says it'll be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world so you will have sorrow now but I will see you again and then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy the joy that Jesus gives us is a joy that no one can take from us because Jesus has already won the victory and if you think about that before the resurrection death's always got the last word every time but now we have this assurance that in sorrow there's hope in pain there's comfort in bondage there's freedom in failure there's a second chance in brokenness there's restoration and in death there's a resurrection We have hope and joy because we have a Savior. We don't know everything about heaven, but we do know that the Bible uh, gives us enough evidence uh, to know that it's going to be great, that it's a place where there's no more pain, there's no more death, no more dying. So I have a question for you as we close. Is there anyone here who can use more joy in your life? All right. Put those hands up, and I'm going to pray for you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I uh, just thank you for this season that we're reminded that our lives can be full of joy because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And I, I just pray that you'll pour out your joy on us this morning, that uh, each person here, whatever they're holding on to, or whatever they're carrying around in their arms and in their hands that's causing them to lack joy in this time, God, I just ask that you help them to release it to you right now, to let it go, and to be filled with your joy, to experience that to its fullest um, during this season, and that to be reminded of the hope that's ours in Jesus Christ, the joy that's ours because we have a Savior. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. 